Hey, you guys, welcome back to Solos with Samaya. I'm Samaya. <laughs> so if you guys are new, this is a new segment that we added to the show um, because there have been some things that I just want to talk to you guys about by myself. Um, so I've been doing this solos with Samaya where I tap in. I use it as a time to let you know what's going on with me in real time, but also so I can share a lesson or a realization or Whatever it is that we that I feel like is on my heart to share with you guys. Um, there are so many different things that I've learned and I shared on the show. Um, and I'm trying to give you guys those resources about things that I've learned in real time. But also, there's so much that's happening right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everything that's happening with the media company, everything that's ha happening for me, transition from sexual essentials to um, production, all that's happening in real time. And so a lot of issues and things I'm having to figure out and emotional regulation and all that other kind of shit, all of that is also happening in real time as well. So um, if you guys don't know, you can catch these visuals um, on Patreon. Um, otherwise, the audio will always be here. I usually aim to upload this segment on Tuesdays or Thursdays um, or this week, Saturday. I just, y'all know, I don't like pushing out random stuff to you. I had to make sure that I was clear about what I wanted to talk about. So um, per usual, we're going to start off per usual. <laughs> we're going to start off with the minutes. Um, I call it the minutes because when I used to go to church, I thought that was so funny that it was called the minutes. So, um, I always have to check in with my damn self before I do these. So really I've already had the meeting and I've decided that today we are going to talk about, what was the name of it? You standing on desperation, not faith. I might change the wording up, but basically that is the purpose of today's conversation. You are not standing on faith. So stop saying that some of y'all are standing on desperation. Um, but to have this conversation, I'm going to be extremely vulnerable and extremely honest. Um, and I'm just going to have to roll with the punches because I do think that sometimes it's very difficult to teach you guys lessons if we don't want to give the specificness of what's going on. And I think that we can get caught up in not being messy, but sometimes in not being messy, we also aren't being honest. So I want to um, talk about some things today with you guys, but let's start first with just catching up on the week. Um, this week, I don't have any major news to catch up on. I am catching up on some recording for Patreon, re-recording the masterclasses, um, which reminds me that if you want to get all three of the masterclasses for the price of one, I suggest you check that out ASAP because those will be discontinued um, when I reshoot the new ones. So um, you can get all three for the price of one. The Mouth Masterclass, Dick Writing 101, and Masturbation and Squirting 101. And if you're watching the video and I look cockeyed, it's because I have two cameras set up because I don't want to have to cut from the wide. So I have a social media camera set up and the wide. So if I look cockeyed, it's okay. All right. So my catch up for the week is that I noticed I don't like anybody uh, doing anything about like approaching me on randomness, whether that is dating and whether that is in business. I don't like it. Um, I say that for two reasons. So someone reached out and I'm not going to name any names because he wasn't rude or disrespectful or anything like that, but he reached out. Um, he was in my close friends on not just another sex podcast, which means that he's a Patreon member. Right. And he reached out and was like, you know, Oh, I'd like to get to know you better always confuses me it confuses the hell out of me because one you're on my patreon to take in the content not to ask me out 
not to tell me you want to get to know me better. And then also, what do you want me to say to that? Oh, I want to get to know you better. That's not even like a question. Like I, I'm confused. Also, your what you said to me before that is that oh it's my crush i'm not trying to be funny or toot my own horn but if you telling a girl that you don't know on the internet that she's your crush is giving fan and i'm not trying to be funny but i don't see anything safe or desirable about me fucking a fan like that's not on my to-do list and it's not to disrespect this young man at all he was not being rude but it's one of those things like if we have not had a conversation one-on-one, like it's not like you flirted with me and I flirted back or it's not like, oh, you came to an event and like we really hit it off and it feels like, it just feels like, here's my opportunity. I don't like that. That That's not flattering to me. It doesn't even feel like desire because at the end of the day, if you are a complete stranger to me, you might be like, oh, I'm feeling this girl. Can you feel somebody that's the host of a show and that's where you're getting to know me from? And even if you can say like, oh, I have a crush on her. I just have the biggest crush on her. Why not wait until you meet me and see if like we actually mutually have some type of attraction? I don't, I'm sorry, but I'm not, I don't care how you look. I don't care how fine you are. I don't, I really don't give a fuck because we can't act like dating is not already dangerous for women. And then also I, I also still work in sex work. So you guys, there are so many guys that are DMing me every day and they're like, Oh, I'm interested. I'm interested. What does that mean? If you don't know me, if we've, we haven't even had a conversation. And even if it did, like, are you really expecting me to say, okay, so what's up with you? Where you live at that? I'm not saying like, I need you to jump through hoops so you can be different. I'm saying that, is it necessarily appropriate? No. For for me, it's not. I just, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I sound like a whole grandma because I just, I don't like people approaching me because they see me. I was at the dispensary um, a week or two ago and I pulled into the parking spot. And uh, when I got out the, when I got out the van, that's the first thing I get out the fucking van that I'm living in. Right. And <laughs> this guy pulls up and while he's parking the car, he's like, Hey, you single? I mean, I heard him, but I kept walking because you haven't even parked your car. You just pulled up. So you don't know me from a can of motherfucking paint. And he was like, hey, I turn around. Maybe I've misheard you. Turn around. You single? You get my attention to ask me, am I single? So I ignore him. I keep walking. I go into the dispensary. Of course, he walks into the dispensary. He's like, hey, I don't know if you heard me outside. I was wondering, are you single? I said, I looked dead at you. I said, I, I heard you. I said, I was just ignoring you because you don't know me from a can of paint. You didn't put into this parking spot yelling out the window. Hey, are you single? What does it matter? I said, you don't know me. You, you don't know me at all. So you're not interested. You, you can't be interested because you don't know me. Oh, well, can we start over? Start over for what? You you literally have no reason to be interested in me. You literally see me and you're like, oh, I want that. Maybe like when you're like 20 some years old or something like that. I'm a 31 year old woman. I'm a 30 year, 31 year old woman. You done pulled into the parking spot and yelled at me. And it's just that easy. I don't like that. It just feels so thirsty because you could have just waited till you walked into the same building just to see if we in the same building. Spark up a conversation with me and say, you know what? Hmm. We have a little bit of rapport. Oh, she's not saying anything else to me. Like there's that. But then also someone hit me up on a business tip and they were like, Hey, my new, would you, would you be interested in having my new artist on your show? He leaves on Saturday. Let me know. That was the entire message. 
it again, it wasn't rude at all. And so I always get caught between a rock and a hard place because I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to be a bitch. But at the same time, even if you're not being rude, that doesn't mean it doesn't feel disrespectful. Like my, my, literally my life savings is into creating this show. You've reached out. Do you even know what my show is about? Like it's about kid toucher content, molestation and healing and shit. You, th- you think your artist is good for this one? You don't follow me. That artist doesn't follow me. You literally have, you haven't even asked like, Hey, what is it? What is the situation for getting on the show? How, like nothing It's just, Hey, you want to have this person on the show? Let me know. They leave on Saturday. So you hit me up this week to ask me about this. It's just, it's difficult because sometimes people aren't being rude when they reach out to you, but that doesn't mean that they're, the way that they're reaching out shows no care whatsoever. It's just because it's available or why not? You're not actually looking to see if this could be a mutual benefit for both of us. That's what's kind of annoying about the whole thing. Anyways, that's pretty much all I had to say about catching up this week because it just, it seemed like it kept happening. Like there were multiple situations. And again, I'm not saying no names because nobody was rude to me at all, but Am I like just being weird? Am I being an old ass fucking woman? Y'all let me know. All right. Next, I want to talk about. um, I need y'all to stay with me. I ain't gonna lie to you. A little bit of the ADHD stuff is is here. But I do think that I have (laughs) consolidated um, this story as much as possible. So first things first, um, I want to talk about this book. This is called uh, Pocket Power from the Slum Flower. And I think this is the most adorable book like ever. Okay. So I found this book. Then I found the young lady. Um, and I really like this book because it has a whole bunch of like manifestations and like sayings that apply to all different types of things. I think that women and people period just need to remember. And A lot of them do have to do with like love and romance and things like that. But one of the tricks that I do is that I try to relate. If I see quotes about like love and stuff like that, sometimes I'll try to relate it to something else that I care about because I'm already love obsessive. It's not on purpose, but unfortunately I have been brought up deprived of certain affections and things like that. And so I'll never get enough love. I already know that. And because I'm always trying to stay disciplined and make sure I don't fall back into like a needy, desperate girl type situation um there are little tricks that i do just to make sure i don't get caught up in stuff that's not real anyways um i read a couple i want to read a couple of these to you and tell you the way that i did it so this one says is your search for romantic dopamine fueling your desperation and thus leading you to more disappointment so instead of romantic dopamine i'm going to replace that with success clout um, getting rich, all of those type of things, right? Because the other thing that I'm really obsessed with is like purpose, right? So is your search for success fueling your desperation and thus leading you to more disappointment? That's how I would read that. Because whatever it is that I think about love, it should apply to the other things. Because for me, it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when I replace that, is your search for success fueling your desperation and thus leading you to more disappointment? Right. The other one that's in here says there is a version of you that knows how to use your impulses to your advantage, as opposed to always giving into urges you haven't confronted. And when I think about the previous one about the desperation, I think of this in the same way because I am very headstrong about my purpose and, you know, like this new journey that I'm on with production and all this change. Um But I also know how to use my impulses about that to my advantage 
versus not being aware of how I feel about the success and where I'm going and I haven't confronted it and now I'm acting out of desperation or haven't really checked in with myself, right? So I use both of these, especially this first one. I use both of these to say, um, and I'm going to drop the link for this book in here. Her name is Shadera, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but Shadera E. Um, and it says, know your worth and act on it. And it is just the cutest little book. So I would drop that link below. Um, but I bring that up because this week there was... Um, a clip of Taraji P. Henson that is going viral because she was having an emotional response to communicating about how difficult it is to, to make her worth, to get her worth, to get ahead in Hollywood. In response to that, Lene Venee or Venee, she's the Emmy award winning, like the parking lot conversation young lady. She has locks, chocolate girl. I love her content. Okay. Um, she is so pretty and she's just, she has a way with words where like she just, I just, I love her. I love her style. Um, and I really love her segment on like the parking lot pimping um, that she does. And um, she did a set, she did a segment recently talking on the Taraji P. Henson situation, basically saying how when she heard Taraji, and I'll put the link below so you guys can hear it yourself. But she was basically saying that when she listened to Taraji talk about Hollywood being so difficult, getting your worth how she had been kind of like chilling or at least pausing or just being more strategic on getting into Hollywood because the advice that she has been given was to make sure that you don't give up on your digital content because really that's where most of the money is right now because Hollywood is so difficult blah 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 and she went on to say that when she looked at what Taraji was saying and heard what other people were saying she had to be like well that's not true either that it's just it's in the social content because she's like, I'm doing this. And I literally just had a breakdown this week about how difficult it is to get paid doing what you do or the things that you have to endorse or how it's difficult to even talk on these things because you don't want to be misconstrued as messy. And so that really got me to thinking um, about what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week. And Long story short, the conversation is about making sure that you're not acting on desperation, but you are walking in faith because there is a very big difference. And I want to explain a couple of examples about how I related my situation to the situations that they were talking about, both Taraji and Lene. Um, so one of the things that Lene talks about is that um, how Taraji has not only mentioned this multiple times, not only in her memoir, um, but in countless interviews for years, but also um, Monique has also talked about this, right? Monique was pretty much blackballed because she was asking for how much she was worth um, and people like labeled her as difficult and aggressive and things like that. And even though Taraji has been talking about this for years, it wasn't until she literally had an emotional breakdown where she is crying all over the internet and then boom, going viral seconds later because of that. And so it's just like, why can't you believe us when we say it, when we're not breaking down, when we're not broken down to a pulp? And I can relate to that because I feel like and this, this conversation isn't to be emotional. It's not to complain or any of that. It's really just telling you my truth so I can teach you guys how I had to reframe my mind and also how desperation just never pays off and that you have to constantly choose your faith and your boundaries. And you will see that that will get you farther. It might take longer, but it will get you farther. And so I want to prove that before the end of this conversation. 
So I can relate to that in the sense of when I started SE Media Group, when the content house opened, all these different things, I was reaching out to people that I would, that I had like the resume to speak to, to ask things for, to um, ask for assistance or figure out how we can work together, things like that. Um, And also some of the support for some, for certain events. Right. But it wasn't until I started being vulnerable and honest about like, yes, I've lost my permanent home. Technically I'm homeless. I stay where I work or my child doesn't have a room right now. Like, yes, we have to halfway live in the van 50% of the time. Like when I was starting to be honest about that, some of the exact same people were reaching out and was like, Oh, how can I help? Da 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 da. And it's like, I don't necessarily want anybody's hands out handouts. There's nothing that anybody can do for me. There's nothing that there's nothing that anyone can do for me outside of myself. I Unless you got a $100,000 check for me right now, that's not necessarily going to solve my issues. And so what I found was it wasn't until I started breaking down and sharing all the details, the vulnerable information that nobody necessarily needed to know that I started getting certain responses from people. And it's not, and, and I get it. Like sometimes it, I don't expect anybody to do anything for me, not at all. But the truth of the matter is I can relate to feeling like, damn, do I have to tell the nasty nitty gritty for people to listen? Like, does it take for the content to go offline before people say, you know what, let me subscribe to the Patreon and donate $5. Hey, let me go ahead and tell her how I connect her with this person because her show does do this. This is how I can help you get a sponsorship for that in the house, seeing that it is something that you already do. Like there has been a lot of gatekeeping and sometimes there is just a lack of support unless there's like backflips and all this other stuff. And so sometimes you're jumping through hoops just to make it happen. Like people don't understand how difficult it is to make some of these things happen and that's just the name of the game nobody asked us to do this stuff this is what we chose so you know life of the creative thug life um so there's that I did relate to that sometimes feeling like you have to break down to get a certain response next I want to talk about um a few ways that I had an opportunity to act out of desperation and instead I chose to act out of faith um and I want to walk you guys through those so the first one was confusing, confusing clout with being a creative, um, especially opening the content house from scratch, being new into production, getting the word off the ground, especially with the amount of money that I invested was like really, really important. Right. And so I worked with um, and I'm not going to give any names because I don't think anything is necessary for this conversation. Um, some of the people you'll know, some, some of them you won't. If you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. Um we had a pretty popular um, influencer who had a podcast show of her own who came to the house and we she was shooting for two days. And so we told her, we asked her, if we get you a bartender for one of the days, the house is already open bar, but if we get you a bartender and we record a cute reel that fits your aesthetic and we post it, would you be okay with us collabing you for it in exchange for us providing you the bartender? She said, yes, she thought it was great. I talked to her on FaceTime. When she got here, she left the house, no problem. Unfortunately, she went over her booking time by three hours. So I invoiced her for the three hours. And after I invoiced her, I got a response back of, well, I'm not posting the real. Y'all said y'all was going to have a bartender here. It's no bartender, so I'm not doing that. Da, 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 da. 
I see two things. One, you are absolutely right. We don't have a bartender there. One, you booked for two days and the lady was coming on the first day, but you changed the time three times. So by the third time, she unfortunately couldn't make it. So she said she was going to have to come the second day because you didn't got upset because you went over the time on the first day. You're not coming back the second day. So you're right. I didn't provide you a, a bartender. And so no problem. We've recorded the content, but you don't want us to collab you. Okay, fine. But what I like is that I did not act in desperation such as, oh, I'll waive the cost. I totally understand or things like that. No, like there are creatives here that are, you know, paying for their own babysitters. They are, they have their own bills, things like that. They're sitting here for you. You went over three hours. I'm charging you what that costs, like not a penny more. I'm charging you for what you used. Um, and instead of acting in desperation, which is like letting people slide with that or saying like, oh, no, we don't want any issues. We just da 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 or letting it slide. No, you knew that you went over three hours. Like, why is there an issue with me charging you for that? But that same interview went viral. That interview that that young lady did went viral on the rust wall and I was on spiritual word. It was on shade room. It was everywhere. And then to protect her own name about what the content was going viral about, she had to end up posting more clips and behind the scenes of the house and everything else. And so I got way more than what I asked for by simply not asking her for anything at all. That's just how it worked out. You know what I mean? I wasn't nasty to her about it or anything like that. There was nothing to say. You absolutely right. If you don't want to clap the real, then don't. It doesn't have to be that way. But of course, I took note on, you know that this place is new and you're exploiting that. So if it's new, of course, I need to charge you for the time because it's not like I'm sitting on this this bank. No, I'm, I've told you the story of the house. This is how we just got here. That's why we're asking you to do the collab because we're trying to get up off the ground, trying to get our word out. So you know that we're not in a space to just be giving away extra time or any of that. And yet you're still trying to exploit it. So, boom, that was a moment where I did not act on desperation, but said, you know what, this house going to work out. Because, of course, that person could tell somebody else, like, mm -mm, I had a bad experience. Or they can go on the socials just like people do and say, oh, this is what happened. They da 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 da. You never know. Right. And so I feel like I acted on faith by not acting at all and just keeping that boundary and end up getting way more for it. Um, next, um, <clears throat> A lot of people asked about um, the art exhibit this year and the art exhibit ended up being canceled. And I want to a lot of people don't understand some of the hoops and different challenges that I really went through to try to make that event happen. So in the previous years, I've always paid for that event out of pocket first and then whatever money it made back, it made back. And then if I ended up making a profit, I make a profit. But that event has never made a profit, right? But I was in a different financial situation. I believed in the event. I wanted to pay the creators. It wasn't hurting me. It just wasn't helping me. Um, I lost some money, but it wasn't enough to, to you know sit me out on my ass or anything like that. Long story short, um, there are black and brown creatives that have just as much power to help as they do to hurt. And when we when I listen to Taraji talk about like how it is in Hollywood and how white actors get paid more and things like that, um, that's absolutely true. Like the the system sucks. Like even just even with sexual essentials, it was difficult to get ads because it's like, oh, it has the word sex or, you know, to be given the same amount of money as white sex, white sex platforms or the fact that Pornhub is verified and it's more of a white platform than a than a black and brown one. Those are truths. Right. But 
I already know that and I'm prepared for that. What I wasn't prepared for this year was watching people take advantage that look like me, watching people that look like me take advantage and me not being able to say anything because it's going to be misconstrued as messy or you're being difficult or feeling like I have to cry and let it all out to tell the truth. So I've sat here not saying anything, which means that one, I'm not teaching people from what I learned, teaching them how to recognize when it's not a good situation or teaching them how to maneuver or stand on faith and say, you know what, you can say, you know what, thank you for the offer, but no thank you. It doesn't have to get disrespectful. It doesn't have to get messy or name droppy or any of those things, but there are lessons that definitely need to be learned. And what I learned was it's not just the white, quote unquote, white people taking advantage of whatever. It is black and brown people or the people saying that they're here to represent us that are doing it to us as well. Um, When it came to the art exhibit, I was approached by another studio in the city um, And they said, oh, do you want to, are you having the event this year? Do you want to collaborate on it? I don't know what collaborate means to you guys, but collaborate is not the same thing as asking me, hey, we'd love for you to have your event here. Let us know if you want us to send you the prices. That's not the same thing as collaborate. Collaborate means that at some point, something is mutual beneficial. um, You're helping. We're exchanging. It's some type of work together type situation. When I got in that meeting, I was asked to pay um, a flat rate and 30% of the gross revenue off top um, without any expenses being paid, anybody being paid 30%. And what was astounding to me was that despite me telling you my entire story, despite you interviewing me and knowing what I've sacrificed to be here and things like that, and you reaching out and saying, well, let's work together on this to do it. You've lured me in by knowing my story and then you've exploited it because that's a terrible deal. You haven't done the advertising. You can't advertise it because it's a sex event. Um, The base price of the venue is just as much as that I've been paying for other cities, which is what I've discussed with you already. Um, And you're charging 30% off the top, which means you don't care if I make money, if there's any revenue or anything. You want your 30% before I even start paying people. And I still have to pay for your venue. So how is that collaborating at all? How is that collaborating at all? And then when I say, hey, let me get you on the phone with my accountant so we can discuss this. It's uh-uh, that I, I can't talk to your accountant. That's too personal. I don't need to do all that. Why are you discouraging me from putting somebody in the conversation that knows what they're talking about? If I can admit that, hey, I don't understand how these numbers work or things like that. Why would you discourage me for having, from having some type of rep- representation on the phone to make sure that I don't put myself in a bad position? I don't understand those type of things. And you're going around and you're telling people like, oh, I support black women and things like that. And not getting my way doesn't mean that you're not supporting black women. But I've ran into bad deals before. But even with even when I'm dealing with a white company or a white lender or something like that, they are very upfront that these 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 terms suck. These terms suck. What's up? But watching black and brown people. Especially like a man. Use that. And it, it, it feels like you're exploiting. Um, it feels like you're exploiting. And what I'll say about that is that acting on desperation would have been, would have been me making that move or making that agreement just because I didn't have the money. 
But what I understood was that I had to have boundaries around the event as well as the offer. The boundaries around the event was I'm not in the same financial situation that I was before. So if the tickets don't cover the event, then the event will be canceled this year. And that's exactly what had to happen. And I'm not happy about it. But also, that's not my fault. If people don't want to pay to go to the event, they don't have to. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to bend over backwards to try to put myself in a worse financial situation to make it happen. And there were some very beautiful things that came out of that. One, I ended up going to the venue during these negotiation times for a different sex event. And when I walked in there, there was no AC. Um, It was a hot ass mess. And the people throwing the event were the ones that told me, if you can go somewhere else, use another venue. So I'm really grateful that I didn't just take the deal because I couldn't afford anything else. The fact that they were giving me a payment plan when nobody else was going to do that. But you're giving me these options because you know that financially I don't have it. And you know that I'm very set on trying to have this event this year. So you have to be careful what information you give people because they'll know that you in this bind, say they want to work with you, want to help you and things like that. And then give you some crazy ass terms. And you're like, do you even like me? Do you even like me as a human? Because these are te- these are terrible terms and you're not charging other people that price because now I've talked to other people and it's not the same price that you're charging them. So um, I didn't know how I was going to have the event, but I did know that wasn't going to help me. That that wasn't going to help me. I, I, I said the other day, I said. No, I said earlier today, I said that um, you can know that you need to heal and not know what to do, but you also know I ain't going to drink no damn bleach, though. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I didn't have no money. I didn't know how I was going to have an event, but I knew damn well I should not accept a deal where I got to pay thousands of dollars plus give them 30 percent of my revenue before I pay anybody else. Like I I do know that that is not going to work. And so sometimes that's what desperation is. When you accept bad deals, it proves that you need that person and it's going to be hard to break out of that cycle. OK, Um So um, with that being said, a couple of amazing things happened when I canceled the art exhibit by standing on boundaries. Um, One, I was able to have a live a live podcast recording for not just another sex podcast instead at the content house. Um, That really changed things for me because I saw one, what my team was able to do. Of course, we had some kinks and things to work out, (laughs) kinks, Um, some quirks and different things to work out, of course. But at the same time, I realized that this is something that we can offer other people. And it really changed the format of how we were doing business. It really brought something to life. But also by canceling the art exhibit, it, um, I end up saving myself from getting into um, business with the wrong people. Um, It uncovered that there were people that were about to perform at the art exhibit that have allegations of all types of things against them. Um, And so I canceled the event and found out afterwards. Had I not canceled the event, I don't know when I would have found out about this. Um, So I was very grateful that... I listened to my intuition as far as just like, you know what, this is just none of this is feeling right. None of this is feeling right. By changing the event to the house, it kept it safer. It kept um, those people out. Um, And at the end of the day, I didn't force it. I I moved on faith. I had no idea how I was going to make the event happen. But every single person that bought an art exhibit ticket said, hey, go ahead and transfer my ticket to the live show instead. So I was very grateful for that. Um, And I called each and every one of them personally. And they were like, okay, that's no problem and things like that. Like everything did work out 
the best for me and it protected me. That was walking on faith, not on desperation. Like, oh, I got to have an art exhibit. It's my third year. I definitely got to do this. I made a big splash last year. I don't want to let everybody down. I said I was going to do this, but this, the circumstances weren't right. The circumstances weren't right. All right, next. Um, there was a situation... Um, there was a situation um, at my home or at the content house where the videography company that we were using before we started producing the show ourselves, um, we had an issue on delivery and communication and like aggression type things. So basically there was a misunderstanding that happened and we were on set and the owner of the company stormed into my home and was like, trying to flag me down and tell me to wrap it up like while we're on set and you know if we're on set like like short of like a medical emergency you don't do that and when he came in I was at the end of the show anyway wrapping up and things like that and so you know I pulled him to the side and was just like hey whatever it is that's wrong I believe you but you haven't told me yet you haven't told me what the issue is yet and this is how you're coming into you're not even supposed to be here right now, but you're here. You're you're startling me. Like I'm a young lady that lives alone, you know, and he apologized and everything. And I said, you know, whatever it is, let's just talk about it, because whatever it is, we can either fix it with an invoice or you need to let me know. But it's a miscommunication. and We haven't discussed the miscommunication yet. So we end up hugging it out, talking about it, whatever. He never showed back up. He ghosted us. He, he never showed back up. And when I spoke to someone else that was on his team, he told her that he couldn't believe that he hurt a black woman, that, you know, he could see that I was afraid and he just couldn't handle that. And so he couldn't come back. Watching someone use you as a reason for them to hurt you, because if you don't want to hurt a black woman, why would you ghost us if you're our main videographer? Why would you do that? Again, feeling like I was being exploited because I'm telling people the truth. Hey, I'm just getting started. We're investing in this equipment. We're going to be, we're doing this type of production. This is where we're going, but that's not where we're at now. Setting up deals to work with people and say, okay, you're going to be our vendor for this. You're going to be our vendor for that. And it was just very disheartening to know that this is how people are doing business. And this is how people are not being okay with being held accountable for someone else having boundaries or just not communicating crazy. Um, and by doing that, I I didn't go after him. Like when he never showed back up, I just, I kept it moving. Um, within two weeks of him never showing back up, I met my first client. I actually, that's when I met her. I met her and we had a meeting and I told her and she loved my ideas, but I didn't have any cameras. And I told her that I said, I don't, I don't have any cameras to shoot your show. She said, call me when you get the cameras. We did a Amazon shopping list, um, for the products, I had Dara, who y'all know who's been on the show multiple times, who's carried dicks up the subway for me, helped me do so many different things and been there for me. She invested with us and gave us part of the money. And then um, Tony from uh, or Ace from um, tonight's conversations um, bought a lot of pieces, a lot of like expensive pieces for us. Um and so none of those people like asked to be named or anything like that. But just like I can talk about how certain things were difficult, I can definitely talk about how moving in faith and these people stepped out on faith for me. And 
That's what happened. And, and this man never showed back up to set, you guys. Like, I'm a new business. Nobody knows what's going on. And again, avoiding trying to be messy and not be misconstrued as like, oh, I don't want to be a part of the mess. I don't, uh-uh, I don't want to, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That Like, it literally had me looking crazy. But people that understand your character are going to hear you and they're going to believe you. And I just, I was glad that I didn't call because I literally was like, am I supposed to call this man back and say, hey, like, let's talk about this, da, da, da. No, he made a conscious decision to not show back up knowing what that would do to me. And you're telling people that you're doing it because you couldn't believe that you hurt me, but you couldn't even call and tell me that you weren't showing back up that's crazy so there was that I felt that that kind of exploited my resources and then um speaking of basically ignoring things that like people do knowing that it's crazy things like that I think a lot of times um a lot of times we we see things going wrong, but we don't say anything or if it doesn't affect us directly or things like that. And I had a situation like that with the production company that originally I started the podcast with. So I love my show. It's, you know, I, I had a huge hand on creating the show and um, the ideas and everything like that. And it's also where I met my producer, um, Steph. And even... <laughs> I ended up not using my production company anymore, and it was not because of anything that she technically did to me. I watched her fire my producer. I watched her manipulate the story and try not to pay her her last check. I watched her send a cease and desist um, about a laptop that she was going to get back. Um, I saw her go on Instagram live and, and say things that weren't true. I saw a lot of things happen and my name was not what well, my name was brought up like once saying that I stole her employee. I don't know how you steal a human um, that you're underpaying, but either way, try not to be petty here, trying to just be honest. Um, either way, I didn't appreciate that because at the end of the day, if you have a company that is saying that you're here to help black and brown women, people of color, minorities to get their story out. And I'm finding out that anybody that used to work with you never got their last check or finding out that you're like, oh, send me back my laptop. But you've missed the deadline to pay that young lady her check. Then it seems like you're trying to do the same thing to her. And even though you might not be bringing my name up because you know that either Samaya is going to tell the truth or Samaya has a platform of her own. I watched this lady with this company bully my producer into into a corner where if you speak up you're messy but also in this field you could be blackballed and that was very very difficult because technically my name wasn't in it every time I spoke to her it was always being polite but I saw what was happening because it all happened while my producer was here and I made a decision that I don't it's okay I'll do it myself Mind you, a whole episode is due next week. I don't, I don't cut clips. I don't have an editor. I don't have any of those things. And yet, every episode has dropped since. Except for the one from a couple weeks ago. That ain't had nothing to do with nothing. That was, niggas was tired, okay? Um, tired, broken, and, and, and exhausted. But that was, that was a very, um, and I would say it was a very difficult decision, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, 
it was wrong. It was wrong. Whatever is going on, the, the fact that you were speaking on it on social media, that you were using this young lady's name, the fact that you know that her son is fully on the spectrum, that she does this part time because she has to show up as a full time mom. Otherwise, like and you're trying to take her last check, like it's conniving and it's not the truth. We both know that she did that work. Um, and it was just it was just really bad business. Um and so those are those are a few ways that I felt like people tried to exploit what I did not have this year. I was very transparent, whether it be on the show or in person with people about what I did and didn't have. And I'm absolutely proud of myself for not going back or ignoring things that I saw that were clearly red flags, whether it be disrespect, lying, manipulating um, or just bad business. And what I really love is the fact that I don't have to say anything bad about these people. It's the way that they move says that this isn't for me, even though I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea how I'm going to make this work, how I'm going to get the episode out next week. I have no idea. And nothing but beauty has birthed from me not choosing desperation, but choosing to walk in faith. I chose well, then I can't use this videographer if this is how we start out things. Within two weeks, I had the equipment and I was able to secure my first client. And I was able to be honest with her from the jump and tell her, hey, I don't have the equipment. I just got the equipment. I'm figuring this out. The most transparent and honest client relationship I could ever ask for. I have no idea how long it's going to last, but at least I'm being honest. At least I'm being truthful. At least when we have kinks or quirks to work out, she knows that. That's, that's very freeing. Right. Um, yes, I had to start producing the show with one company, but by doing that, I was able to start working on my book. I was able to get the content house up and running. I was able to do multiple things. And now I produce the show. Now SE Media Group produces a show. If those if I if I didn't stand on business with this production company, if I didn't stand on business with that videographer, I would still be in a situation of bartering my integrity for how things are really supposed to go and really what makes me feel comfortable just to just to get the content out i'd be willing to do anything to get the content out desperate i am so proud of myself for not moving on desperation but truly walking on faith this year and i appreciate taraji and um Lene for speaking out and just telling the truth it's nothing but a spiral effect of people being able to tell the truth, even just starting with Cassie. If we be honest about it, like just starting with Cassie, telling the truth, it unlocks more truth and more truth. And it, it is really disappointing that you can't even tell the truth without being without having the fear of being called messy. You can't even explain to people why, why to, to your following what's going on because you don't want it to be misconstrued or the words to be taken all crazy or for there to be a debate or any of those things. What I know for me, like what matters is that I've been in, I've been doing sexual essentials for six years. I started off a year ago closing on this house on December, December 15th, 2022. I closed on the Something Extraordinary content house. This year, December 15th, 2023, I owned a production company that was producing content for other people and not content, but creatives. Producing creative work, shows. 
I'm able to pay people more than what they were were making somewhere else by standing on business and doing things with integrity. That is priceless to me. That is absolutely priceless to me. And so my message to you guys today is really just asking, are you not being messy? Or are you not being honest? Are you standing on faith? Are you standing on desperation? How are you moving? How are you moving? And what's your intent? I know it is very difficult to get to move ahead and go forward when you don't know. When you don't know how you're going to get there. But you do know that some stuff is not going to work. You do know that. You do know that working with somebody that walks out when they don't get their way, you do know that's not what you want. And so it for me, it kind of comes back to this little book. It has all these quotes about like men and and things like that. Let's read it again. Is your search for romantic dopamine fueling your desperation and thus leading you to more disappointment? If I replace that with success, is your search for success fueling your desperation and thus leading you to more disappointment? If you were willing to deal or work with people that will do other people grimy, what do you think they're going to do to you eventually? And don't be confused. Sometimes people do things to other people around you because they know that you won't say anything or that other people won't say anything because everybody's so stuck on, oh, that's not my business. That ain't got nothing to do with me. If they're picking on people that don't have large following or don't have voices or because they have the market cornered, that's not cool. That's not cool. And I've never been a person to say that stuff like that is okay. And what I found is that God makes a way anyway. God is sending me clients that... Some of these people know about this. They know that I'm telling the truth. So you don't have to worry about not being okay when you stand on faith. Um, but standing on desperation is just going to lead you in more shit. And at the end of the day, as soon as you accept a shitty deal, they know that either you don't have no boundaries, you don't know what's going on, or that you'll do anything. As soon as you accept a shitty ass deal that's full of disrespect or less than what you deserve, like, if you want somebody to intern for you, call it an intern. Having people do multiple jobs, but only paying them for one and underpaying them like it. There are a lot of things that we bypass because it's not happening to us. But if it's happening near you, then you're there's a chance you might be next. That's that. That's where I'm at with it. Um, I feel like that might be it for today. Mm -mm -mm. I think that's pretty much it. I did not let um, things I didn't know how to do, things I didn't have, um, things I couldn't see moving forward stop me from doing the right thing. Even if you don't know what's next, you do know what's right. And so I implore you guys to just um, consider that when you're trying to figure out, um, are you walking on faith or are you walking on desperation? Um, because it's not always going to be an easy choice. And don't be afraid to tell the story because at the end of the day, for me, this isn't messy. I don't have to drop any names. You, Some of y'all will never know who I'm talking about, but the scenario alone is going to igniting you looking at your life and finding out, are you working with people that are doing, that are that are moving funny or trying to take advantage of you? And do you feel like you have to say yes because you don't have any other options? Standing on faith means that sometimes you have to choose yourself even though when you don't know what's next and then the thing presents itself. But if you choose the shitty option, the good option not going to show up because the good option would not show up around shitty things. 
that's just how it works. That's just how it works. Um, all right. With that being said, I did pull some tarot cards for our organized fund. Y'all see my little container? I'm a real witchy bitch now. It's my little tarot card. <laughs> I never thought that I would have a tarot card container. I didn't even know they had tarot card containers. Okay, but it got a little a little magnet. Y'all want to see it? Look. Oop. All right. So um, I pulled... Um, I actually ended up pulling three because the bottom of the deck card. I'm going to read these to you guys. So, ooh, my legs. So I pulled the star. Um, the star is hope, faith, rejuvenation. Ah, this card says the star brings hope, renewed power, and strength to carry on with life. It shows how abundantly blessed you are by the universe as evidenced by the various things around you. It may not be directly evident at the moment for this card's follow the trauma of the tower card. Remember that you hold within you all that you need for your fulfillment. The only thing that you need is courage. For this, you have all reasons to rejoice. To, th to see this card is a message is a message to have faith for the universe will bless you and bring forth all that you need to receive the star in your reading means that you have gone and passed through a terrible life challenge. You have managed to go through this without losing your hope while you suffered. You perhaps were not aware of your own strength, but you are now perhaps recognizing that the loss helped you discover your own resilience and inner power. It is only now that you can really appreciate all that you have. Mm, I feel that. Um, the next one that I pulled was, oh, and I pulled these at the beginning of the episode. I said, what do I need to know about this episode? Um, and these were the three cards I pulled the star, the queen of swords and the seven of swords. So the queen of swords says, um, Queen of Swords is an archetype of an older, wiser, feminine intellect. She could be thought of as the most masculine of all the queens and may come off as quite stern and emotionless. This card represents the importance of making judgments without relying on emotion alone. The Queen of Swords beckons you to look at the facts before making a decision. This queen does have compassion, which is why she has her hand reaching out outwards and offering but she wants to connect to people using an understanding that is intellectual this card also means that you will need to become independent with your judgments you must rely on the unbiased intelligence which has you researching alternative viewpoints and thinking carefully on your decision compassionate empathy in these cases can distract you from your task so you need so you so you need your i don't know what this is so you're trying to keep a strong objective view while avoid getting emotions involved the queen of, queen of swords can also be about the way that we speak with others the queen has the ability to tell people the way it is this allows her to get her point across so there is no confusion about what is being said above all truth is important to her so she feels no need to soften her comments thoughts or opinions she also expects the same frac um, frankness from other people so this means that you need to be clear with everything that is being said even if it may hurt and then the last one seven of swords um i'm not gonna read this whole one because it was pretty clear to me it said um deception trickery turning a blind eye deception is at work here you might feel pressured to be dishonest in order to achieve your ambitions hoping that these lies have gone unnoticed this card is a warning of how difficult that can be um and so um with these cards i just felt that ironically um ironically that was how I felt about all these situations it had been on my heart all year to just kind of tell you guys what had been going on because I'm never really like dishonest with you guys it's like oh this happened da 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 um but I've always had trouble with 
balancing my compassion because also these are people that I enjoyed working with. Like, I'm not that person that's like, oh, I don't work with them no more. They was on some bullshit, da 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 da. No, I enjoyed working with them while we're working with them, but also I can't unsee what I can't unsee. If you're doing people wrong or you moving dirty or you're taking advantage of me or anyone else, I don't want any parts. And so when I think about Taraji talking about, you know, how it is in these in the Hollywood streets and Lene talking about it in the creative world. Um, a lot of that is by organizations and the system and things like that. But these were things that happened to me from people who were claiming that they're here to help black and brown people or claiming that they want to protect black women or um, reaching out and saying that you want to be a resource or help me or things like that, only to find out that when you had the opportunity that you were willing to um, exploit it exploited and there has not been one situation that someone tried to exploit me in the past year that when I stood on faith I didn't get more than what I even wanted to to wanted to to begin with I got way more just by standing on faith and I'm grateful for that I'm grateful for that growth grateful for saying I don't know what's next but this is what I choose I'm going to choose the right thing even if it hurts I'm going to bet on myself I'm going to bet that if God gave me this vision for this content house that he doesn't want me to work with somebody who might walk out on me after they disrespect my home. I'm, I'm worth more than that. I'm worth more than that. And the people that I work with are worth more than that. Um, there are just so many stories I could tell you guys about me having to learn about boundaries and my worth doing this work. There's so many people that think that because they have a certain number of followers or they make a certain amount of money that you don't get charged if these creatives stay and shoot your content or they do the extra edits or they do the extra work, the things that you ask for. So, um, you know, I'm learning a lot and boundaries are necessary because if you accept certain things, you're telling people that you're desperate. And sometimes when you don't choose certain things, you might go without. I went without a permanent home for half of this year. But I also don't want to be trapped inside of my own body, choosing the wrong things just to make ends meet. That's not something I'm going to be okay with either. Um, so I love you guys. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, and I hope that this is taken in goodwill. Um, it's not to be messy, but to be honest. Um, and use my life as a fucking example. Not once have I used this platform to not tell the truth or not give y'all the real on how I'm navigating through these things. I have no, I know I have, I wish no ill will on anybody, but the people that are supposed to be here, they're here. These are the people that God has carved out for me to work with. And the people that are not meant to be here, they're not here. And that is okay. That is okay. Me being nasty about it or airing out every name, every detail, the host, like that's not necessary. What's necessary is me being able to use some of the stories to teach because also people can only do what they can from where they are. And all you can do is hope that in a few years they'll be like, yeah, I kind of fucked up that situation, but maybe they won't do it again. I have no idea. I don't give a fuck. I ain't got to work with them. So with that being said, please make sure y'all get this young lady's book. Um, I think that she is amazing. Um, Pocket Power from the Slum Flower. Okay, make sure you support black women. Okay, um, and I love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>